Hey guys, thank you for checking out A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, a podcast where I ferret through my vinyl collection of about 500 records and my ever-diminishing brain of about 500 remaining brain cells, and I take a light-hearted, laid-back, positive fanboy's look at my favourite songs and bits of songs and artists that fall within a different, pointless set theme every episode. I choose from any song part or artist that has given me joy as a listener or a slight Norwegian wood as a musician. This is just a bit of chilled, unnecessary fun and a warning that there's low-level humour, high-level swearing and hopefully medium-level entertainment for your ear holes. As a lot of people do like to share their opinions these days, please let me know if you think that I've missed something in my record collection that I know and that I like by sending me an email at recyclebin at a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast forward slash gofeckygoodselfcockgoblin.com and I'll get back to you. But seriously, if you do want to say hi, you can hit me up and follow the podcast on Instagram, a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast, and you can check out the website, a rock and roll rabbit hole.com. There's a bunch of good stuff over there. Please rate, review, subscribe, share, all that sort of shit if you're digging the podcast. Thanks again. Apologies in advance. And here goes. Thanks heaps for tuning in again. I won't mess around too much. I hope you've listened to part one and two of Boys Names, but here's what you missed. Probably come as no surprise to you and after spending 10 minutes discussing it on the phone in which that time he could have done it but thinks it's better that I waste my time recording yet another fucking track just so he doesn't have to do anything so yeah you guess it this week there'll be no recapping the magic. John's song Daniel and it was a single he released in 1973 between Crocodile Rock and Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting and it went to number four in the UK, number two in the US, number one in Canada, number eight in Norway. Elton also had an almost instrumental song in 1976 called Song for Guy and the song uses only three words, life isn't everything and was written by Elton without his songwriting partner Bernie Taubman. And Elton said this about the song. And I quote. As I was writing this song one Sunday, I imagined myself floating into space and looking down at my own body. I was imagining myself dying, morbidly obsessed with these thoughts. I wrote this song about death. The next day, I was told that Guy Burchett, our 17-year-old messenger boy, had been tragically killed on his motorcycle the day before. Guy died on the day I wrote this song. Benny and the Jets, because apparently Benny in the song is a female. Benny and the Jets um, was from Goodbye Ellerbridge Road, um, 
And it's a story about a girl band, basically. Um, Benny being a female. I don't think a lot of people would know that, except if you saw the illustration, of course, on the inside of the sleeve, you would get it. But if you haven't seen that, you know, um, you might not know it, but the lyrics more or less say There's a couple of boy title songs from Paul Simon, one mentioning Julio, one mentioning Al. There's a man there you know He's the host of the show And you'll find that he fucking hates choirs Alright, let's move on. And another song that turns 20 this year is this next one. And I don't usually do this, but I'm just going to pop in a random YouTube guy explaining this funny story that happened back in 2018. Okay, this has to be my favourite thing of the week. This is scottmorrison.com.au. Until yesterday, it was the website of the Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and he forgot to renew his domain. And so now when we go to scottmorrison.com.au, we can ask him a question, we can hit the play button, and we get the classic punk song that came from the, I think, Eurotrip movie, teen movie a while back. You can jump on YouTube and find uh, Matt Damon doing it from the actual movie. And God, he doesn't know. I can't believe he's so trusting. While I'm right behind you, thrusting. Fiona's got him on the phone. Yes, trying not to moan. It's a three way con, he knows nothing. What the guy didn't explain in this video was at, on the screen it just had a photo of the stupid Prime Minister and just had in bold letters, Scotty doesn't know, and then in brackets, what a muppet. <laughs> Although the internet can be great. And here's Howard Stern interviewing himself in the presence of James Taylor. Now, when you wrote the song uh, "Sweet Baby James," let me just uh, just uh, one last uh, blast from the past. I know it's hard for you to go back and look at these songs. How'd it go? It isn't. No, because I know you have to perform these a lot and everything, and you go, "Hey, you know, who but cares?" Not, not, not that much. But, but you love them, right? Yep. Uh, when you did "Sweet Baby James," I always thought like I was a guy. I used to put down James Taylor to all my uh, girlfriends. Oh, because yeah. Because they were in love What'd with him. I go, say? "Hey, look at this egotistical guy. He writes a song about himself, Sweet Baby James. Yeah. Call himself Sweet. <laughs> Is the song, in fact, about you, Sweet Baby James?" No, it was about my uh, my brother's. Uh, uh, kid, my nephew, James. It is. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I knew, I, knew, I knew you weren't like that. I was uh, driving down to North Carolina to see this kid. I, uh, he was the firstborn of, um, of my generation, you know? Yeah. My old brother, Alex's kid. And you were, were going to be an uncle for the first time. That's right. I was an uncle already, and I, I had to go down and see him. So I was driving down there uh, from Massachusetts, and right. uh, I, I did a straight drive straight on down. And, uh, and while I was driving, uh, this, uh, I was working on this song, which was meant to be sort of like a little buckaroo kind of uh, cowboy tune, you know? Right. Uh, there's that song. Go to sleep, my little buckaroo. 
Where the light of the prairie stars is shining down on you. So you started thinking of that, and you said, hey, I could come up with my own little... A little, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. And then we ended up being about him. And it ended up being about uh, Sweet Baby James. That's right. Wow. Okay. There is a young cowboy lives on the range. His horse and his cattle are his only companions. He works in the saddle and he sleeps in the canyons. Just waiting for summer, his pastures to change. Sits by his fire, thinking about women in glasses of beer, and closing his eyes as the doggies retire. He sings out a song which is soft, but it's clear, just as if maybe someone could hear. Says good night, all you moonlight ladies. Rock of sweet baby James. Deep greens and blues for the colors I choose. Won't you let me go down in my dreams? And rock of sweet baby James. The 1990 hit, Joe, Concrete Blood, folks. Joey, sorry. One, two, one, two, three, four. Just down the road from me, Australian Crawl, have Errol, which is about Australian film star Errol Flynn. I wanted to define the archetype uh, Messiah rock star. That's all I wanted to do. And I used the trappings of kabuki theater, mime technique, um, uh, fringe New York music, like uh, my references were Velvet Underground, right. whatever. Suffragette City or... Uh, it had that, that, the that street, energy value. I wanted street. that energy value, yeah. It was Even a the British view street. of American en street energy. So Ziggy was, for me, a very simplistic thing. It was what it seemed to be, an alien rock star. And uh, for performance value, I dressed him and acted him out. 
I left it at that. But other people reread him and contributed more information about Ziggy than I had put into him. Right, they could write it, novels about that guy. Right, I think basically because of the, uh, that I'd put three viewpoints into the album um, from uh, three different areas. Maybe the, the character himself would appear and then there would be two other statements by two other people all on one album, which was kind of confusing. Oh, but very it was, I mean, it was, it was uh, the way an author would write a book. Yes. Rather, I mean, it hadn't been utilized that much in, in, in records. And I had trouble explaining they, they that it was just, it was a theater piece that the spiders didn't really exist, that they only existed for the length, the duration of that character's life. Right. I was stuck with him for a long time. Ziggy played guitar, jamming good with weird and gilly, and the spiders from Mars. He played it left hand, but made it too far. Became the special man, then we were Ziggy's band. Ziggy really sang. Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo Like some cat from Japan He could lick them by smiling He could leave them to hang Became on so loaded man Well hung and snow white tan I pop this quote in from time to time, including last week's episode, and it's from the movie Arthur. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Supergrass have Richard III, which is a song I could have included in episode 28's Titles Not Lyrics, as there's no mention of a Richard in the song. Gaz Coombs said this about the meaning behind the song. With a lot of the songs before they had lyrics, we were naming them like kids, Susan, David, Gary. And this was Richard and it was our third take at it. And Richard III went to number two in the UK. And the album it was from, In It For The Money, also had another male name titled song, Lenny. Stevie Ray Vaughan also has a song called Lenny, which is a beautiful instrumental on his debut album, Texas Flood, but that was definitely named after his wife, Lenora. (laughs) 
And the band Cake had a song that appeared in a Sopranos episode, and that song is Frank Sinatra. episode, but A, I can't remember, and B, I don't care. It's getting hard to remember all of the bits and pieces I've put in here, so I may repeat myself, and I don't listen to the podcast, because although I find the host has great tasty music, I find him quite boring, and his voice is quite annoying. In closing tonight, a personal note, if I may, over the weekend, as some of you may have already heard or read, I was assaulted with violence on a Manhattan street why and exactly by whom remains unclear, and it may never be determined. Perhaps it was just another one of those bizarre and frightening incidents that seem to happen from time to time in our country and elsewhere. I do know that I was luckier than many other Americans who've been victims of violent crime, and for that I'm very thankful. Aside from a little stiffness and some bumps and bruises, I'm feeling fine. I just want to thank those who came to my aid, and all of you who have written or called to express your concern. We'll see you here again tomorrow night. Good night. Recently, we showed you Dan Rather's reaction to R.E.M.'s hit song, What's the Frequency, Kenneth? I was in on the creation of this band. Its original name was to be Rather's Excellent Musicians. I don't know why you mean to me. Well, Entertainment's Night was there as R.E.M. was making another video from their Monster album. We showed singer Michael Stipe Rather's comments and offered equal time. I like the song. I like the group. I, I think the whole album is really good. Do you think you'd listen to the whole record, Dan Rather? It is a monster album. I didn't know who Dan Rather was, except that he was the newscaster who was mugged. And, I mean, the, you know, the whole, the whole incident to me is like one of the most bizarre, surrealist acts of the 20th century. Let's talk about what's the frequency, Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that, dude. <laughs> and on the rec from the album, Monster, obviously something that resonates with me, and I remember the time very well. But let's go back to that time. What You were doing the album, Monster. When and how did the idea of doing something on what's the frequency going to come to you? Or whom did it come to? It came to me. Uh, I was writing a song about a, a, a generational gap, and a character who's desperately trying to understand a, a younger generation's perspective and failing miserably at it. And the the phrase, Kenneth, what's the frequency, or what's the frequency, Kenneth, as I, I think I turned it, um, represents inscrutability. It's, it's, it's the big question. <laughs> no one knew what it meant. It, it represented uh, trying and trying and trying, but not arriving at any answer. So it's inscrutable. That's what it was. It, but it was a phrase, as you know, it became this kind of thing. Also within the song is a, a quote from Richard Linklater, uh, the director of Slackers. Uh, Withdrawal and disgust is not the same as apathy. And this described, I think, in the early 90s, the generation that was coming up and their kind of, there was a world-weary, dystopic kind of fuck-it-all feeling, I think, coming out of grunge and coming out of that generation. And 
the song was about someone who was really trying to tap into that and, 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 and not, not doing it very well, not doing a good job of it. So that's probably all a bit confusing, but that's R.E.M.'s Michael Stott talking to American newsreader Dan Rather. Because in October 1986 in New York, Rather was attacked, being punched from behind by a man who demanded to know Kenneth, what's the frequency? While a second man beat him up. And they kept repeating that question. Kenneth, what's the frequency? The assault remained unsolved for some time. And the phrase, what's the frequency, Kenneth, became a popular cultural reference over the years. And in 1997, William Tager was arrested and received a 25-year prison sentence for killing NBC stagehand Campbell Montgomery outside the Today Show studios. And when Dan Rather heard the news, he had no doubt that the person arrested was one of the guys that had attacked him. It's kick a can! Kick a coming to kick a can kill me! <laughs> Are you gonna kick a can catch me? Kick a can! <laughs> now, where was I? It's a shame about Ray. Floyd the Barber. Springsteen has the ghost of Tom Joad. Tom Joad is a character in John Steinbeck's novel, The Grace of Wrath. Men walking along the railroad tracks Going someplace and there's no going back Highway patrol choppers coming up over Soup on a campfire under the bridge Shelter line stretching round the corner Welcome to the new world order Family sleeping in the car in the southwest No home, no job, no peace, no rest Well, the highway is alive tonight Nobody's kidding nobody about where it goes I'm 
Sitting down here in the campfire line Searching for a ghost of time Joe. He pulls a prayer book out of his sleeping bag Preacher lights up a buddy and takes a drag Waiting for when the last shall be first and the first shall be last In a cardboard box neath the underpass Got a one-way ticket to the promised land You got a hole in your belly and a gun in your hand Sleeping on a pillow of solid rock Breathing in the city Rage Against the Machine also covered the ghost of Tom Joad. Zeppelin had poor Tom. Well, I read a book about him written by his brother Theo. And uh, I thought, gee, what a great idea, you know, to write about. I always loved Van Gogh. Everybody loves Van Gogh, you know. Everybody loves Van Gogh. And I thought, what a nice idea to write a song about um, about a painter, you know, and tell his story. And I took his most famous painting and used the colors and the energy and the forms and everything to try to grab hold of what I perceive to be his, his essence as a human being. What, what? Because an artist's art is his essence. Pain is a very important part of art. You, you know, and people are on drugs today. They're, they're not Prozac, you know, they don't feel anything. So they can't be artists. You gotta suffer. You gotta suffer and you gotta separate yourself from the rest of people too. You can't be a social guy, you know going around and being one of the regular guys because you're not regular like the strangers that you've met in a sense we're missionaries you know we go out in the world with our music and our ideas artists are missionaries in a sense they're on a mission to change the world a little bit starry starry night flaming flowers that brightly blaze Swirling clouds in violet haze Reflect in Vincent's eyes of china blue Colors changing hue Morning fields of amber grain Weathered faces lined in pain Are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand Now I understand what you tried to say to me 
And how you suffered for your sin. Who knows what Michael Jackson did with Little Ben? There's one more Tom I can think of, and that's Suzanne Vega's Tom's Diner. This song is called Tom's Diner, and it's about <laughs> it's about Tom's restaurant in New York City on 112th Street and Broadway, if you're ever there. Sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee And he fills it only halfway And before I even argue he is looking out the window At somebody coming in It is always nice to see you, says the man behind the counter To the woman who has come in, she is shaking her umbrella And I look the other way as they are kissing their hellos And I'm pretending not to see them, and instead I pour the milk I open up the paper So in most of the episodes, I like to finish with a story about one of the songs that falls under our topic And this is Suzanne Vega again so we're walking down Broadway, we're approaching 102nd Street, and this is where I spent most of my childhood. I know this whole area so well. Uh, this used to be a Lambston's. We used to go here to buy Christmas presents, very cheap ones. This is where we moved to from uh, East Harlem. So it's 102nd Street and Broadway, and all of my adventures began pretty much from this doorstep. It still haunts my dreams. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Yes, I think you've seen me before. I wanted to write about child abuse. I had been listening to Lou Reed a lot, and I was impressed by the way he wrote about a violent world. And uh, I had to think of how 
to write about a subject that no one talks about. And I guess I saw the, the name on this magazine of a boy who lived in my building down on 23rd Street. And I thought, Luca. the boy one day I said I saw this boy waiting for the elevator and I said well, I, I don't think I've seen you before what's your name and he said my name is Luca I live on the second floor I live upstairs from you and since I lived on the ground floor I knew he lived upstairs from me everyone lived upstairs from me so I that's how I slowly made my way into the angle of the song um, and then just one day I was listening to Lou Reed's Berlin album and the whole thing came out started about 2 o'clock by 4 o'clock I had the whole song done yes I think I'm okay I walked into the door again if you ask that's what I'll say it's not your business anyway I guess I Just don't ask me how I am Just don't ask me how I am Just don't ask me how I am Oh yeah There's a nice little moose Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Anyway, that's probably enough of the boy name songs for now. Thanks heaps for listening. And I'm going to finish up with my favourite boy name song, which would have to be The Killing of Georgie by Rod Stewart. And every so often I pop in this stupid little thing. And I quote. And that's taken from this song, The Killing of Georgie. And here's Boy George and Rod Stewart talking about the song. I'm going to be outraged The Killing of Georgie. It's one of my favourite songs. Killing of Georgie, of... we do that. You want to sing that with me? I'd love to sing it you with you. You can do the do 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 Oh, that'd be great. You join the girls, and it'll be that'd be truly that wonderful. Well, that song is amazing song. It's it an is, incredible yeah. song, isn't it? And I know George that it has particular resonance for you. Do you can you tell the story? My mum bought it for me when I was uh, a kid, and she put it in my sock drawer in a brown paper bag to let me know she knew what was going on. Me, just explain that a little. Bit. Well, she used to say I was theatrical, you know, highly strong and theatrical. So it was her way of saying, I know what you are. I Love You is a great song. And, of course, I love that song. It's a very powerful song. Round of applause for Mum. Yeah. Well done, Mum. Let me tell you something about that song, which is most gratifying, is, you know, now, through the years, guys have come up to me and when they were younger and said, like you, said, thank you for writing that song because I was in a dark place and it got me through that period. You know, I was, was unsure of my sexuality and that got me through. So, lovely. Even though the BBC banned it, I didn't know that. Yeah, they did, yeah. They that didn't it. work. On what, on what grounds? Why was it bad? It was about homosexuality. No one ever written about that, and I mentioned the word gay. In these days of changing ways, so-called liberated days, a story comes to mind, a friend of mine. Georgia boy was gay, I guess. Nothing more or nothing less. The kindest guy I ever knew. His mother's tears fell in vain The afternoon George tried to explain That he needed love like all the rest Paul said there must be a mistake How can my son not be straight After all I've said and done for him Cast out by the ones he loves A victim of these gay days it seems
settled down and soon became the toast of the great white way. Accepted by Manhattan's elite and all the places that were chic, no party was complete without George. Along the boulevards he cruised and all the old queens blew a fuse. Everybody loved Georgie Boy. In the summer of 75 He said he was in love I said I'm pleased George attended the opening night Of another Broadway hybrid split Before the final curtain fell Deciding to take a shortcut home Arm in arm they meant no wrong A gentle breeze blew down Fifth Avenue Follow the podcast on Instagram, a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast. Like, rate, and review, and all that sort of fun stuff. And if you've got a friend that might like it, please share the podcast with them. And I used to finish up with an unknown band song that follows the topic. I might pop that in from time to time. And here's a long defunct band of a bunch of my friends and the band's Dark Horse and their song Malcolm. And I'll be back with another episode shortly. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you soon. See ya. We'll be
What the fuck was that?